walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Yeah, it's the podcast. I said, I'm walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Motherfucking podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today is Saturday, December 18th, 2021. This is episode 27 with Enchanted Art. I'm your host, Finn. Find all these episodes over on terraspaces.org. With Enchanted Enchanted Art, we have Adriel. How's it going? I'm enjoying my Sunday. It's actually Sunday today uh, because we are actually in uh, GMT plus eight. Yeah. You're living in the future. That's awesome. It's not quite Sunday for me yet. (laughs) That's cool. We're actually communicating through some time travel device. I love it. It's perfect for the metaverse. And also from Enchanted, we've got Charlie Cat Cat Cat. How's it going, Charlie? It's really good too. I'm also in the future, I think. It's 9 a.m. on Sunday where I'm at. Awesome. We're just covering all the time zones here. I love it. Yeah. So I found you guys on Twitter. You have this cool NFT project that is sushi right now, Sushi Armageddon. Uh, You can find it currently on Talus. Uh, I'll put links to it in the show notes, of course, so you can just click it because you probably don't want to hear me read off this this link. But uh, they're super cute. What made you guys? It, was this your first NFT project, and what? Why sushi? That's interesting. So I'll take this question. Um, first, we'd like to thank you, Finn, for having us on the show because um, we are very small, and I think we characterize ourselves as something more indie. Uh, because no, I guess nobody really knows us. And um, yeah, we are glad to be on the show today and to talk more about why we decided to come up with Enchanted Art and why we decided to do NFTs. So for your question on the sushi, so we were just thinking about something in a way quirky and magical, that combination of both. And I was, we were just discussing about what we should draw first. And we were thinking about how sushis would feel like when humans pick on them, no pun or pun intended, with their chopsticks. <laughs> so we decided what sushis would do to take their revenge. And we actually wrote a short story on this in our Instagram page and also on Twitter. And the best way that we decided for the sushis to take their revenge would be to use the one thing that is used against them, arms and hands. So we decided to give the sushis hands. And as you can tell, Sushi Armageddon is a play on the word arm as well. Okay, yeah. I, did, I didn't even put that together. That, that's super oh, cool. Uh, I like yeah. it. It's got like a Killer Tomatoes vibe to it. Where yeah, they, yeah. I don't know if you're yeah. old enough to remember that movie back in the, the 80s or 90s. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we decided to do something cute, but yet quirky, which is actually what we characterize ourselves as. And y'all were artists before this, it sounds like. You had uh, other, other art things that you were doing? Maybe Charlene can talk about this because she is the artist. I'm just the writer. (laughs) Okay, writers are artists too, but I have always been doing art as a hobby since I was a kid. But 
Um, yeah, I don't know if this plays into a lot of Asian stereotypes, but we're both from Singapore, so the two of us are on quite a conventional, you know, educational and career path. There was never a chance to pursue it um, in school or as a career, so it's something that I've always just done on the side. And a couple of years ago, I started to do digital art just on my iPad, and I have my own like very small uh, Instagram account for art, and I do small commissions here and there. So that's kind of as much background as I have in terms of creating art like this. So yeah, it's not it's not a lot of experience, but it's something that um, I do for fun. And for Adriel, I mean, as a writer, I also think he's been writing his whole life, a lot of it because it's his hobby and he loves to read, but he's also been able to monetize that uh, in certain ways, like through part-time writing and freelance writing. So I guess this is the first time we are both collaborating on something together, which is very exciting. This is really... Yeah, just to, yeah, sorry, go just to add Sh- Charlene's completely self-taught. So if you like the art, I think it's amazing that she's able to draw something like this through like years of practice yeah yeah that's really cool i've i've got a lot of artist friends and i've always envied them because i could never draw very well i remember being a kid in school and getting like these stick figure books and trying to figure out how to draw stick figures doing different things and it was like the (laughs) hardest thing for me but i could always write and stuff so i kind of feel where you're coming from I, i think that's really cool that you guys have have been able to just do what you want to do for fun and then turn it into something that can maybe bring in a little extra income while you're doing your, your normal day job grind. Yeah. yeah and exactly. I think it's, it's important because we feel like in this, in the society like Singapore, or I think in general, it's very easy for your hobbies and what you like to fit into the background. If you don't really do something about it or you don't really put an effort, a daily effort or a constant effort to really do what you love. And I guess this opportunity to do a project like Enchanted Art really helps us to put in the effort and really to continue doing what we love. Yeah. Yeah, you see that a lot in society too, I feel like. That, and it's super unfortunate that people let their kind of their passions burn out for lack of time or they just get stuck into like a nine to five grind and then, you know, life happens and pretty soon like you, you didn't really get a chance to do the things you wanted to do. And it seems like through the NFT space, at least it's at, it's giving artists a chance to try, you know, and, and at least monetize some of that time. I know a lot of people have a hard time spending time on things if it's not going to like make them money, even though they enjoy doing them like they can't. I guess, come to like a rationalization in their head that's like, hey, it's okay to do things that don't bring in money. Like you can take some time for yourself. That's okay. And I feel like a lot of people lose that. And it seems like this NFT revolution is kind of giving that back to artists and allowing them, even if it's just a little bit of cash here and there, to spend on other (laughs) NFTs and JPEGs. Uh, It's something, you know? (laughs) That's me. I spend on other JPEGs. Charlene doesn't. Uh, buy other JPEGs. That's me. I'm 
down the rabbit hole. Oh, like, I've, I've got a savage so collection, bro. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I bought so much. I, I started with GPs, and then I went with Space Toads. I have Heroes. I have uh, the Terrapins. I have a lot more. Did and you, I recently did bought you... into... Sorry? Oh, did you get the Gucci Gucci's also? Oh, yeah, I did get two Gucci Gucci's nice. and I got the Gucci Goo. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. That's awesome. I love the Space Toads and the Goos and stuff. They're yeah, so I love cool. the Space Toads. And I also recently got into, because I I have, besides Terra, I'm also on Secret Network. Oh, nice. So I recently got their Redacted Rabbits. I'm not sure if you've seen those. And their crypto skulls thing so it's a bit like the crypto punk but in skulls as skulls oh i, saw, and, I think i saw that right yeah. it was monsters maybe monster punks it was something like that but it was like a, the punk idea but with like a, a different theme on it on the secret yeah, network yeah, something like that and i think secret now will be releasing some cat aspect ones today if i'm not wrong yeah but I have a lot of nfts kind of crazy yeah. yeah, I never really knew what that network was all about. And then we recorded a space for them the other day that was talking about oh. some NFTs. And I was like, whoa, th- this is really cool. I-, I-, yeah. I definitely need to get more into it. The, the NFTs, are, NFTs are pretty sick, so they should get looking. Oh, yeah. And the supply is pretty low for um, some of the releases. So like for Redacted Rabbits, there were about 1,300 rabbits that were released. Yeah pretty low it almost seems like that was a lot of the market not really knowing how many is a good mint and so some people did the ten thousand thing and then some people tried that and it totally didn't work out so i feel like the market's kind of figuring out you know what a good uh, amount of mint is yeah and i guess not many people know about um the, the the nfts on secret network as well yeah it's a secret. I didn't even realize it was a thing until I looked in my Terra station the other day and saw that I was receiving some secret from, I, th- I guess, one of the stakes I, I was in. Yeah, uh, probably. I, so I started looking into it, and then, yeah, I saw that they were having the space, and I was like, oh, better record this. <laughs> All right, it's still early. That's awesome. Uh, how did you guys come up? What is Enchanted versus Enchanted? Is that just like your own play on it, or how did that come to be? Um. So... Enchanted is actually a play on it. So because I'm Adriel, so my name starts with A and then Charlene starts with C and you know A and C. So then A and C. Okay, okay. Enchanted. I like your Easter eggs. Uh, You guys have a lot of cool Easter eggs. I like it. And then because we chose Enchanted because like as I said, we love um fantasy related stuff, whether movies or books. So we wanted to build an F- NFT world, which we call the Enchanted Universe, whereas there is this kind of enchanted aspect to the characters. And it's especially so since we are huge Disney fans and huge comic book fans. And we really want to bring these characters to life. So they're not just a single generative character, but rather a character that people can ent- identify with, a character that has a story behind it. Yeah. I'm looking at the sushi number two here. I like oh. they're like throwing up the devil horns almost, but they've got this like <laughs> maniacal kind of look on their face. Like yeah. these, are, these are super cool. You did a really and good they job. Have, like, if you notice, they have like certain hobbies as well. 
So those actually tie into the story. Oh, wow. And yeah, okay. Listen you to want music. to build that into the story as more and more people really get on board. And then we can start developing the story, start doing airdrops, start doing private accesses to certain mints regarding the story. So that's the, the basic idea of what we have for the Enchanted Universe. And we want to bring more stories and have more characters from this. It sounds like you have a whole book written or ready to go. <laughs> Not really, but we do have, we can say that we have many ideas. Uh, it just takes time to write. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with writing, you know. You get these <laughs> like writing blocks. I think, Charlene, do you want to talk about me having writing blocks? Oh yeah, it happens all the time. Like I think for I think the way we create things is very, very different. For Adriel, it's kind of like he knows he can write and he knows that he can probably make something pretty good, but the first step, like the inertia within Adriel is very intense. And yeah, uh, even with regard to like his freelance job. There have been days where the assignment is given to him for like weeks and weeks and then he he'd kind of write it the day before so that that's kind of the writer adriel is yeah it's yeah. crazy that sums uh, up like my whole high school career basically yeah, like getting actually, assignments for three weeks our out entire college our entire college experience awesome. entire <laughs> school experience <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes like and I don't know if that's just a writer thing in general, but like I we do our best work when we're like down to the wire cuz otherwise <laughs> like we we just have too much time and then our mind wanders and then nothing gets done. But Yeah, and then you think about is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? Yeah, and you like can't really decide when you only have a few hours left, like it doesn't matter how good the idea is. You just get it and then go with it. And then that's it. And nine times yeah. out of 10, like it's, it's good enough. Gets you a B yeah. or a, a C or even yeah. an A sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Charlene and I both can attest to that because in school, we often leave our assignments to like the night before and it gets crazy through the night. Yeah. I can't yeah, wait to see the procrastinator character in in your story. <laughs> Maybe the character takes time to turn up because of procrastination. Right. <laughs> a blank. Yeah. A blank. Picture. A blank. Because he's not there. We'll get to it eventually. It's fine. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. it's great for me to work with Charlene because he's kind of more on the ball in terms of drawing. So I think for her, she knows what she can, she can see it in her head. And so since she can draw well, she can just put it down on paper or on the iPad and it's there. So she's always, I think for the sushi one, she was always waiting on me to give the idea so that she could start. And I always couldn't give her the idea to start because I was taking my time to think about it. And then yeah. you guys just you guys just go out to sushi then and then be like, here, draw this one and draw that one and <laughs> Yeah, we were just we Googling sushi the sushi. A lot. <laughs> so that helped. But to be fair, Adriel is currently studying for the bar to be qualified. So I mean because of that, you know, I understand if he can't get through it super quick. But yeah, it was fine at the end, so yeah, it's fine. We did 
produce some characters, who produce some backstory, and it was good. So did you pass the bar, or is that still ongoing? Uh, I just finished my exams, actually, and uh, just last week, and uh, we will only get the results, like, next year in March. Okay, well, yeah. congratulations if you pass, oh, and thanks. if not, you know, better luck next time. <laughs> or I'll just... I'll just go full time into this NFT space. <laughs> oh my gosh. For real, there's enough projects that need good artists and writers for lore. Like, I, I bet it wouldn't take you long to find a spot. Yeah, which is why, which is something else I want to talk about. Like, this whole idea about writers and artists coming onto the NFT space, because I feel, in a way, there are many artists and writers out there, you know, whether. You're just a six-year-old kid who's writing a notebook about characters you conjured up of your out of your mind, but then you just keep it in your notebook for maybe like twenty years because you're afraid to bring it, like publish it out or really put it out in the open space. And the NFT space really allows someone like that or just any old person who loves writing or drawing to be able to put your stuff out there. And People do have the capacity to be creative and to create something. And the world out there just seems like a very daunting place. You know, you're afraid of putting stuff out there in case you get like bad reviews or you get criticized since there are already these established notions of good writing, good world creation. But this NFT space is where the potential for new ideas are just limitless. And I think people just have to be brave enough to take the first step to enter because the community is great. People don't really have much judgment. They are very welcoming. Like uh, my own experience with Talis was that the, the guys, the administrators were welcoming to new artists. They were supportive of your art. And I think it's great for people to just enter this space and do what they love. Yeah, I think it's huge for new artists artists either writers or artists to like have that person there that can just kind of prod them and guide them in the direction because like all your first stuff it's gonna suck you gotta find your voice I mean writing rapping like drawing all of that kind of art like it takes a while to find your voice the the difference is I feel like the people that just get discouraged and then just give up versus the ones that like keep on at it and like refine that technique and refine that voice. And eventually they get to a spot where like they can just draw sushis and come up with backstories and like write raps and, and do whatever, you know, just, just real quick. Like, but it definitely takes time. I mean, one in, you know, a hundred or a thousand maybe nowadays will have like that real natural gift where they can just do whatever and it's always going to be like the best but like for the rest of us you know it takes a lot of work to get to that spot yeah yeah i think i I don't know i feel like this is something that me and adriel have always um i guess struggled with especially going down like a more conventional path where everyone else is kind of focused on i guess like I don't want to say rat race because rat race sounds so negative, but yeah, it's kind of like that, that typical conventional successful life. And then when you think about uh, your hobbies, it's very easy to like, not even hobbies. So when you think about all your creative outlets, it's so easy to kind of label them as frivolous 
or you know very vapid and then they kind of get discredited compared to I don't know pro- um, pursuing something you know like a professional degree or professional career and then people just get so scared to try that they don't even yeah they don't even make the first move and then you never know what could have been so for the two of us it's kind of like to put it crudely it's a little bit like throwing shit on the wall and seeing what sticks but in a very positive way like just keep trying and then seeing what can come out of it because you never know i mean especially in the nft space where it is so dynamic and fun you you really can't predict what it's going to take off and what isn't i mean if you look at the art or what is being created in the nft space this is so different from um you know what we consider traditionally to be art or traditionally to be you know good art so i think that is something that is so exciting for the two of us so yeah you know they really glad to be here <laughs> that that generation they've had like their sistine chapels and their michelangelos <laughs> and we've got our gucci goose and our galactic <laughs> punks you know it, it's yeah. all art it's all relative i feel like and i think too kind of going back to what you were saying uh about people like kind of getting discouraged and stuff uh I think once you really get out there, you quickly realize that like, even in the professional world, like nobody knows shit about shit. Like they're all just doing what you said and like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. So once you like get past that and start throwing your own shit up at that wall and then like let the serendipity of the communities kick in and just like yeah. people will find it. There's enough people in even just in the terror ecosystem, like n- not even talking about all the other ecosystems you could be putting your art up in. Like there's enough people that somebody's going to vibe with what you're creating and and that somebody is going to tell somebody else and now you've got two people and then you've got yeah. four people and you know it just kind of grows like that it's it's super organic and really cool to watch when it happens and we've actually for ourselves we've seen it happen with this first collection we've launched like in a way we were not we were going in not expecting too much but the comments we received about the art and the characters in general is very heartening and it really motiva- motivates us to do even more and produce more characters. Um, just to drop some alpha, we're actually launching a new collection on 25th December. On yeah. Christmas? Bold of yeah. you. I love it. Hell yeah. And if you want more, I can actually tell you more about this new yeah, project please. that we're doing. So it's, um, it's Christmas, as you know, and I think it's the season of giving but yet we we forget certain things about the world around us. We forget about climate change, um, the destruction of natural habitats. And so this story is really focused on the conservation of animals and what happens after the habitat becomes unlivable for them. And so we are we are making these NFTs basically based on animals that are being conserved. And in that sense, the idea is finding someone worthy enough to really protect and protect these animals such that when the time comes, they are able to be released back into the wild. And so because it's a season of giving as well, if you think someone else is worthy, it's all about giving that 
that mission to someone else to do it if they if you think that they can protect these animals and so just a general idea of the nfts that we'll be dropping it'll be these snow globes that have been used in a way in some magical way to conserve animals in no form and i i, I dropped alpha on the talus um discord before and i think people really liked it and we hope you will like it as well when we release some news in the coming week. Yeah. Very cool. I got to say, when you first started explaining that, I totally thought you were going to say you were making like some Mad Max animals that are like getting their revenge on humans for wrecking their habitat or something. That's just like where my mind went after the, the, the sushi uh, apocalypse. But you never know because oh. this is just the start of the story. So, oh God, please make some when, Mad Max animals. What happens when they, they get released back into the wall? We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm a big yeah. South Park fan. So that kind of reminds me of like the, the fun on uh, happy woodland creatures that then start sacrificing the, the kids and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so rapid. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. So coming on the 25th. Very cool. Yeah. And we actually partnering with um, Angel Protocol because they're doing the Restore Earth yeah. project. And Angel's awesome. Very in line with our story as well because the proceeds, some of the proceeds will go to, back to an effort trying to maybe restore earth and restore these habitats which is what we want to say from our story as well yeah that's cool there's another non-profit uh some friends of mine started and they do lionfish culling uh one of them does a lot of scuba dives and they noticed that like these lionfish were just destroying these reef habitats. They were reproducing way more than uh anybody was pulling them out and they had no uh predators i guess no natural predators in that in that ecosystem yeah. and so they were just like wrecking the place so they started this non-profit to start doing these cullings and yeah it's it's really cool like watching these different projects get funded by angel endowments which gets funded by all of these nft projects and protocols that come out on the ecosystem here you don't really see that in other blockchains at least not to this extent yeah we don't see it. And I think that's why I really like about the Terra blockchain as well, because the community is um, pretty united and um, we are very chill with each other and people just share willingly. Yeah. Yeah. It's... yeah I think me and Adriel were so, I guess, surprised at how supportive everyone was. Like even on Telus or even here, like us doing this interview, it's kind of one of those things where we we just look at each other and we're like, is this really happening? Like, <laughs> we, we are literally, like, nobody knows us and, and everyone is still so trusting and so giving. So, yeah, that has been a very pleasant experience. Yeah, and don't, don't get us wrong. Like, the lunatics will definitely beef with each other, but, like, when it comes <laughs> down to it and, like, there's real shit going down, like, they will definitely be the first to give you a hand up and, and help you out and, and, you know, make things right. Like, it's really cool to see. Yeah, and um, that's why um, we also decided to do this, do the, the whole um, giving back thing for this project because we thought it was really apt. 
Yeah, they're making such a huge difference. It was really cool watching how fast that Halo farming event went and to watch how much value they were locking and able to put into these endowments and, and everything. Like it, It's a really cool thing to, to see. It's yeah. definitely world-changing. I, I, I saw Angel Protocol like way back when I first joined the Terra blockchain. I thought it was really interesting because we don't see many of these uh, charitable organizations or protocols and other blockchains. And I think it really speaks to both of us as well, because both Charlene and I, we do our own sort of service in our real life, like giving back to the community. I think I recently saw Angel talking, Angel Protocol tweet something about refugees, and I'm actually quite big in the refugee scene. And yeah, so I think it's it's cool and Maybe we might have more partnerships regarding that, but I have to explore that in my own capacity. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's super important too, because a lot of us that live in the US, like that kind of stuff doesn't really come into our our radar very much. So to be connected to people that do have that stuff on their radar and are like dealing with that and working on ways to like make things better. Like it's really eye opening for, for those of us that kind of get trapped in that like American bubble that, that so many of us kind of seem to live under. Yeah. And I think it's great. Like web 3.0, it's not just about the technology. It's bringing people together on whether you're an artist, whether you just want to help others. I think it's great that we have this. Yeah. How many total sushis did you guys make? I saw like number 20 there, but I didn't see like, is, was, did you guys come out with 20 total or how many did you make? Or are you still releasing some? Charlene, we made like 20, 22, 22. Yeah. Okay. 22. And I think we sold about seven, seven. Yeah. We sold about seven. Some people are trying to flip it on Talis. Um, Some people have put it, I think my friend bought one and then he put it, he set the setting to private. So you can't really see it, I think. Yeah. But there are, there are 22 and we saw about seven so far. Yeah. Nice. About to be eight as soon as I get this anchor thing to go through. <laughs> I, oh, I found the one. Oh, thanks. This, this, guy's, this guy's awesome. Yeah. His hobby is business and he's got the thumbs up. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> I love it. That's the one with the eight rules. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm stoked to see what you guys do with these and and what you continue to make. And I've kind of been of the mindset lately, like I I never really had the time to like do what a lot of these cats do and just kind of get in there quick and flip them and get their whitelist spots and everything. So what I've tried to do is kind of approach it from like, who are the people making it? What are they trying to do on top of this? Like, what's their story? What are their projects? Because everybody's more than just one NFT project, obviously. Yeah. There's usually like a, a means to another end or some some other thing that they they really want to do. So yeah. I try to find those things that I vibe with and then support them and not try to like flip them or, or make money on them. It's more of like an investment in artists and in like this new space that we're all trying to create together. Yeah. Cause that's how everybody that's, goes, you know, that's great to hear. I think Charlene was saying something just now. I was just asking Finn if he likes sushi, like to eat it. In Honestly, I don't eat seafood at all. 
Like none of that. I don't eat sushi, tuna. I I used to eat fish sticks. I guess when I was a kid, my mom used to say. But yeah, I don't. I don't like fish or anything. But I do like cute cartoons that are hobbyist business sushis. (laughs) Yeah, he he's all about business. These are so cool. Yeah, <laughs> and these sushis they don't want to be eaten so it, it's a good match no yeah that's that's perfect they they look yeah. more like they'd be good interns so i was gonna actually bring them into intern capital here and and put them to work <laughs> maybe they can help you with some management stuff that guy for real they got thumbs so they can hit a record button so I, that's all i need <laughs> if i can and go outside can just, and not worry about the space words of affirmation as well like whenever someone, someone right? comes out with an idea you're like that's great. Hey, the thumbs sushis up. give it two thumbs up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, these are so cool. You got to do like some sort of kids book or like a, a children's book. Oh, Charlie, you want to take them. that? <laughs> that would be great. Oh, I, I always tell him that this is kind of like, uh, it's, it's like my dream. Like if I, if, if me and Adriel you know, keep walking at this. And then like one day he just writes like a really simple children's book and then I can illustrate it. I think that would be so, that would be so fun to be like, hey, me and my partner co-created this book. Um, but for now, I mean, co-creating NFTs is, is kind of like where we're at right now. And, and that's great too. Yeah. The book thing will come maybe in the future, hopefully the near future. But it's something we are working towards too. And I think it's great because, you know, most people, in a way, kids, I'm not sure if kids still are into books or not. I, I got a five-year-old and she's reading the shit out of some books. So oh, yeah, it, it, it definitely great. depends on, on the family yeah, for sure. But It depends. And, and that's great. And so because like, you know, we are moving on to the future. So we need to have things for kids out there on the internet that, is beneficial for them and so i guess having a text as an nft will be a great addition to this whole space and maybe we might do a nft children's book who knows that's illustrated yeah i just keep thinking that like audible was such a huge hit and people are pretty yeah. much just redoing web two stuff with like blockchain yeah. tech. So like somebody just needs to make like the audible of, of blockchain where each book is an <laughs> NFT basically. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there is something like that, right? Like books as NFTs. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what like the, cause it, it depends on like what the limit for the storage is on the yeah. blockchain. And if you're doing it on chain versus hosting it on like an IPFS bucket and yeah. all that. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's a problem for cool. the devs to work out, man. I'm just trying yeah. to make some art. <laughs> yeah. But that'd be cool to explore. And also Finn, you were, you were talking about how, um, yeah, I think there are two people, there are two types of people There are those flippers and those who really invest in the artists. And I think what we really want to strive for is to reach out to those that really want to invest in the artist because, like I said, we wanted to create characters that people resonate with that you can choose. You know, it's not generative. You don't click a mint button and then uh, something then falls something to you. cool comes your way. Yeah, because I've, I've been on both ends of that. I've received things that are cool that I think I vibe with, but I've received things that I'm just like, um, that's not really me. So yeah, I think we really want to reach out to these people who are looking for personas that they want to have on blockchain. And so if you vibe with that sushi that does 
gives up the thumbs up and it's all about business, I think that's great because that resonates with you. And that is what we really want to achieve. We want people to know that this is that sushi that does business. Yeah. And maybe one day we can see a sushi with like a microphone and some headphones on that does podcasts. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. When the sushi start learning more about what they can do with their arms, maybe. Yeah. For real. It all starts with the arms. Once you get those arms and fingers, the world is your oyster. The yeah. world is your egg roll. <laughs> <laughs> Have yeah, you guys... So, oh, go ahead. No, and so we just want to keep on creating these characters and we are just looking to continue the story for Sushi Armageddon. Maybe after we do our 25th launch, we'll come back to Sushi Armageddon and look at it again. But we can assure everyone that we do want to develop these stories. Like we want these stories to continue, which is why we started the project. That's cool. Do you have it like planned out in your minds or do you have it like outlined how the metaverse story is going to unfold like what characters you kind of have coming next or do you guys just kind of create them as you create them Mm, i would say it's a mix of both like with the i think for the inception of the idea in the first place i think that is quite a bit like of a free balling exercise where we just think about what what we like and what we want to see ourselves or what we think would be interesting but then the story kind of in terms of how the story will develop I think that's something that we do think about and we have a lot of we have a lot of ideas and it's just kind of because we're only two people it's kind of like hard to choose I guess what is the next thing we want to do like for example after the Christmas drop it's like do we go back to Sushi Armageddon and explore like the part two of that? Or should we do something different and then see whether like the addition of new characters will resonate with people? Like, do we want eventually, you know, to have crossovers with the characters and see them interact? So it's kind of like a lot of those considerations, uh, you know, we have to bear in mind. And I think right now we uh, our headspace is like, okay, let's focus on the Christmas stuff and then... Um, based on, I guess, how Sushi Armageddon performs, how the Christmas drop performs, then we will, you know, decide on the concrete next step of, uh, you know, what collection to release next. Yeah, but in terms of, yeah, but in terms of the writing, um, if you're talking about writing, when we write out the stories, we do think about how we can keep it open in the sense that how we link how we are able to drop certain things in the story so that we can link it to the next addition to this to the NFT drop. So for example, for Sushi Armageddon, the story actually includes this sushi kami. Kami is a god in Japanese. And so the sushi god that these sushis actually went to pray for the arms. So that's the basis of the story. And we dropped that character there so that we may release him. In the future if it's something happens if if the sushi actually needs the god to come and help them you know that kind of idea and we also gave them hobbies because we wanted to really give them a character give them a real life thing to do yeah and so that that gives them 
that opens up the opportunity for NFT drops to be dropped based on those hobbies and the stories behind those hobbies. So yeah, when we write, we do consider what we want to bridge it to in the future. But in terms of where it eventually leads, I wouldn't say that we have an, a conclusion as of now, but we will get there. I, I'm sure you know for writing, it's kind of difficult to sort of have a, an end in mind. Sometimes you change while you write. Um, you change your ideas midway while you write. You don't know whether you'll go this way or that way. Yeah. I always assumed that was because they weren't really ever our ideas. Like with, with an artist that draws and stuff, they can actually like picture the thing they're drawing, I guess, really well. At least that's what my friends that do it tell me. I, I think they're just trolling me. But like, I feel like when I'm writing and stuff, like the words just kind of like show up. I don't know where they come from. I don't know who puts them there. I just like, they just like come to you. And more so, I guess for me with like music, cause the, the words will be kind of brought out by whatever particular style of beat is, is getting written to. But when you're just like writing stories and stuff, you don't have that kind of that canvas of like a beat that has a feeling and an emotion to it. And then that evokes some sort of feeling and, and words come to that. Uh, you just have like a blank page. <laughs> so it's like, where, where does that stuff come from? You know, where does it's, it start it's just, and where does it end? Yeah. It's where just the it... ether. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why it's a challenge in that sense. And I'm glad to take up this challenge, especially in the NFT space, you know, because we don't have, um, 1,000 pages to write a story. We have to be succinct enough to captivate those readers, but yet we cannot lose any creative element. And I think that's a challenge in the NFT space for writers. And I'm glad I took up this challenge and I hope to be able to do something good with it. You know, the, the secret to that is just get really good at tweets. Once you master 160 characters, you'll be good to go. Yeah, <laughs> I used to have Twitter when I was like a teenager, like maybe when I was 13, 14, but it, I think in Singapore, it, it's not really that popular. So we stopped using Twitter and then now I'm back on Twitter again because of um, the NFT space. It's crypto so Twitter. Just, That's such a weird yeah. thing. It's like its yeah, own it's, subset of Twitter, but it's Twitter. It's so weird. Yeah. It's very weird that it's the thing you like, you need to use Twitter if you're in the crypto space anymore. <laughs> like a bread and butter of crypto i lived in instagram for the longest time before i got really into this crypto space and then everybody was like oh yeah what's your twitter and i, I had one but i just like never used it and yeah. then they were like oh yeah you have to pretty much use this or like telegram everyone was on and then ever and then discord obviously but yeah like twitter seems to be like the main spot where it all kind of stems out from yeah and good for Twitter for, you know, being the shit posting capital of fucking crypto, <laughs> crypto sphere. <laughs> it's good for them. I think too, with these, yeah, uh, Adriel is in charge of all the social media stuff because I don't have Twitter. And as you know, I didn't have discord until like maybe an hour ago. So I, I really just do the art. Adriel is the one who manages everything else. I'm actually trying because. The roles are reversed here, yeah, Finn. Because Charlene is actually the the social media person. I'm actually the quiet reserved guy <laughs> that isn't open on Instagram, isn't social really media. open on social media. Like I'm a I'm a hermit on social media. 
on I only post like because I do photography, so I only post like photos on Instagram. Ah, uh, from the, really... from out inward looking out rather than yeah. the other way. And I'm nice. not really uh, someone who interacts a lot with um the social media sphere. Charlene does it a lot, no. so the roles are reversed. That's yeah. funny. You go to mine, and it's just all me, like rapping. That like I do this thing once a week, and that's pretty much all I use my Instagram for these days. <laughs> it used to be a lot of like glass and dab videos when I was into that, and then it's now it's just all like raps. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> yeah, it's been really, it's been really funny for me like seeing Adriel like reaching out to all these people and sending out emojis when in real life he's kind of like yeah mm, okay oh you know like (laughs) he's very stoic that's awesome it's hard too because you have to be like that you have to get your project out there otherwise like nobody's gonna be able to find it I mean you'll you'll get your audience like from Talis and and everybody there but like if you're not out there doing the Twitter spaces that that people let you come like show your NFT projects on and and kind of do collabs with other NFT projects, uh, it's really hard to get your name out there uh, unless I guess the other side of that is just throwing a bunch of money at at like a marketing uh, campaign or something. And, And I feel like more times than not, unless you go with an actual legit marketing company, like anyone that's in your DMs about marketing is just a scam. I mean, 99.9% is a scam. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. We've we've received those because, you know, you use hashtags and then these like... It's like immediate, like they're waiting. They've got to be bots just waiting out there. It's crazy. Like the moment you post it, you immediately get a message saying that are like dm us fire emoji yeah like, love this nft message us thumbs up and it's like oh my god that was guys. even starting to get bad on instagram like whenever yeah. i would post an nft hashtag immediately the first eight comments were just like hey come promote this on my dipshit channel or whatever it happened to be it's like come on yeah we, we get those on our instagram as well it's so bad they're just bots or something yeah like yeah it's gotta be bots they're, i mean maybe yeah. it's people they're just getting paid like a penny of a, a comment or something i don't know <laughs> i like to think it's just robots fighting robots out there mm, new um enchanted art idea maybe you know instagram bots bots of that. ig like oh yeah yeah, maybe. Who you knows? could even do every every platform and network could be a different one. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, just this morning, I was thinking about, because I just, you know, I just watched Spider-Man and I was like thinking, the Enchanted Universe, what if we had an endgame level threat and then you have all these characters coming together? <laughs> that kind of thing. I know but how that would that? end. It, it, that would end with a Marvel cease and desist, probably. <laughs> Those guys are ruthless. <laughs> it'd be so worth it, though. And it'd be on the blockchain. So, I mean, it's not like they could actually get it taken down. But, yeah. god damn, yeah. that'd be funny. Yeah. Even, like, Disney but, and stuff. They, they'll, yeah. They're probably pretty quick. Especially, like, I mean, Dididas... Uh, NFT drop that sold out in like two seconds or something ridiculous yeah, like that. I did see that. Yeah. I, once Crazy. these bigger companies start getting into it, I, I it's going to be pretty interesting where the line of like, oh, that's just yeah. my art versus, oh, you clearly ripped off my character. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, we've seen like many NFTs with certain accessories that come from these mm-hmm. um, pop yeah, culture yeah. references, like 
we, there are a lot of heroes out there. There are like lightsabers. And we're just wondering, like Charlene and I were just wondering, when are the big boys coming? <laughs> like, will they ever come? Do they care enough? That kind of thing. And it's interesting, yeah, how it'll work out, especially legally as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, I hate to be that cringy law student person, but yeah, legally, like, how does that work? How does that work on the blockchain? Like, do they have any sort of trademarking over something on the blockchain? Or, yeah, I don't know. They probably yeah. just send in their, their goons to, like, make you hit approve on the transaction, or they just, like, hit you with baseball bats or something. I, I keep picturing, like, Mickey Mouse from South Park, where he's just all super aggressive <laughs> and, like, you're going to wear the ring, ha <laughs> Just really angry. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, with, especially with yeah. all the Pokemon and stuff, like, there's so yeah. much of that I feel like Nintendo or whoever, I guess not Nintendo, but whoever owns the copyrights of that would just be able to come in and just clean house. Uh, yeah, and it's strange that nobody's doing it. Maybe they don't know what Web3 is. <laughs> I think that's got to be what it is because you, you see it in a lot of other spaces that they do it in. I, it, I feel like it's just a matter of time. Yeah, and then all of us have to be careful, you know, like all these NFT artists. We have to find the next thing that can help us. Or it'll just all go on the the secret network. (laughs) Where they can't track anything. Yeah, all they know is that there's a bunch of these NFTs out there. They have no idea who owns them. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. Well, cool. I, I appreciate your guys' time. It's been really awesome chatting with you uh, about the, the Sushi Armageddon. I keep wanting to say Apocalypse. It's Sushi Armageddon. There'll probably be an Apocalypse, <laughs> yeah. something Apocalypse coming at some point. Just remember arm. Arm for Armageddon. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so good. An arm with two thumbs up. Hey. Yeah. yeah thanks, <laughs> These are the thanks best. For having, thanks for having us here. Like, I really never expected, like, when I first replied your tweet, I really never expected anything out of it because you know these uh the this Twitter account with like ten followers replying to your tweet who are they that kind of thing and it's great to be here and yeah I enjoy sharing about like our hobbies and it's great to see that you're a writer as well and that we can identify with the problems we have in the real world and that's why we are here in the NFT space to really do what we love yeah. Yeah, it's cool to be able to to make a little little extra cash writing what you want to write, not writing for like bots or any of the other paid writing gigs you find on the internet. The most of the ones I find are just like write this SEO article for robots. It's like, all right, cool. I need money, so I guess I'm writing for robots now. <laughs> yeah, I think Charlene is an artist. You how do you find yeah. yourself with this thing? Um, this whole thing. It's honestly been such a surprise that, you know, oh my gosh, people care. People care enough to, like, buy your work and support you in such a tangible way because I guess, like, when you are with a very small platform, it's kind of difficult to, to really, like, put your work out there to a point where it can be significantly monetized and... Yeah, like I knew nothing about NFTs and crypto. I mean, this is really an Adriel kind of space. But yeah, through through him and knowing more about it and doing this project with him, I feel like I, even as someone who 
you know, I, I consider myself like a tech noob. I, I would encourage any small artist to just just try it because you don't know what will come out of it. And so far we've met people who are so supportive, like you, for example, and it's been just it's been a very positive community, which is it's kind of surprising. I don't know. I just feel like the internet has been very negative lately in the past like five years. So it's been it's been a really positive journey so far. Yeah, people have had a time, especially the last few years, but the internet as a whole, like, it's gone through some shit, you know? It's seen some shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anything that's dealt with 4chan and Tub Girl, like, and come out on the other side, like, having all of this awesome Web3 shit, like, uh, well worth it. We'll, we'll take 100, yeah. 100 goatsies and Tub Girls as long as we can have our NFTs at the end of it. I think it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Singapore, too, like, Singapore's been killing it with the NFT projects lately, I've been noticing. A lot of... Singapore, Malaysia, and uh, other spots in like South America, there's been a, just a lot of like crazy projects coming out. The Philippines can, have been putting out a bunch. You can tell how stifled the creatives are in <laughs> these countries. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, all we're like, yes, oh my gosh, this is my time. It's like everybody got iPads for Christmas and now like all of the creativity is being unleashed. It's really cool to see, like, because usually, you know, it's you just kind of get what you get in your own filter bubble. But being in this space, like I've seen art from more countries than in, in like the last few months than I have probably my whole life. Like, It's really cool. Yeah, great. Uh, let's see. Twitter.com slash enchanted underscore art. We'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes over at terraspaces.org. Uh, do you guys have a website you want to mention or not yet? Um, we don't have a website yet, but we just mainly do all things on Twitter and maybe Instagram as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll put links to that stuff and then to the Talus Gallery uh, so people yeah. can find the sushi Armageddon. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Thank you guys for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for your time as well, Finn. We'll definitely so keep in touch that. and we'll get you guys into some of these spaces so you can let your intrinsic self out and go frolic and, and, and chill and promote all of these awesome things you guys are creating. Yeah, we hope to be able to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening terraspaces.org is where you can find all these shows uh, lots of fun stuff on the schedule got a bunch of twitter spaces i think we're recording tomorrow shout out to intern v92 for catching the angel protocol uh donku space earlier i i specifically was like i'm going to the park for an hour and a half nobody do spaces and as soon as i get to the park they're like oh hey a space just started I'm like, well, sorry, guys, I can't record it. But you know what? The interns came through. So thank you, uh, V92. I believe uh, Luna Loot sent you a Terran for your, your due diligence there. So we appreciate all of our interns at intern.capital. And for terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. 
Sipping on a little bit of sin I've been giving Try to keep it written down So it feels like I've been living I've been realizing a minute Reality ain't got limits Going out my fucking mind Testing out the physics Stretching out the distance For instance Let me be specific The risk is hedge funding the business Betting on the difference Ingesting all the research Sleeping through the rebirth Sliding out feet first Sleep tight little dreamer Early to bed Early to rise With a rugged ass demeanor Taking beats to the cleaners You know I love my t-shirts And the people who support my little dream here Transparent cows, I gotta steer clear 2020 going down is one fucking weird year Take a second, look around, the psyops is winning Set the table, we just biopsy dinner Now, I'm gonna react to that and act like I'm telling you a personal anecdote Something to break the tension Something to endear myself a little bit Something kind of uh, embarrassing <laughs> And you guys are gonna make an awe sound it's true, it really happened. They got a tracker in the phone, tracking everywhere we go. When it's final, if I don't know, I already sold my soul. Getting ready, rock and roll, tip the first domino. Feeling abominable with these avalanche flows. Stop and rest on the road, gotta get where I'm going. And the rest of y'all know that we hit the ground sore. And I'll be coming for the fuckers that be summoning the trouble. Running on the double while I'm handing out the W's. Putting wins on the board every fucking day. They love me on the team because I know my fucking place. Better get in where you fit in, I'm delivering the meaning. I inherited the demons, always sneaky, never seen them. If I'm breathing, I'm reading, I'm not even being conceited. I need to see for myself if you think that I'm believing. It's the season of reason, y'all be ceasing the research. I'm receiving the meaning, that shit's called teamwork. It's not so much as so little as to do with what everything is. But it is within our self-interest to understand the topography of our lives unto ourselves. The future states that there is no time other than the collapsation of that sensation of the mirror of the memories in which we are living. Common knowledge, but important nonetheless.